Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Uh, Richie, we're going to talk some recruiting. We did a recap, or we did a or preview for the game yesterday with Brock Heilig, so thanks again for him coming on. Uh, but we have quite a bit of recruiting news to touch on. We'll start with some football stuff and then transition mainly to basketball. Ooh, um, but Rutgers made a new uh, 2024 uh, defensive end offer yesterday. Uh, Lugard, I don't even want to try and pronounce his last name. A, uh, an edge rusher out of Bishop McNamara in Maryland. Uh, tell us about this kid. Uh, yeah, so Lugard, um, again, last name unable to pronounce, at Edopakai, I'm just guessing. But Bishop McNamara is a high school that produces a ton of talent. Um, he's a kid they picked up. He was a late bloomer. He's uh, 6'6", 225. He's uh, rare, very, very skinny still. So, I mean – you got to work with them in the college level, but it seems like most of defensive ends and edge rushers nowadays are kind of that like former linebacker and now turned edge rusher that need to pack on a ton of pounds, uh, a ton of muscle at least, but he's completely blown up. He got his first power five offer. I think it was September, September 7th. That was his first power five offer. And that was from, where is it? Jeez. Virginia or Minnesota is one of those two. And after that, he's at it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven power five offers since then. Wow. His tape came out the other day, his um, games two and three. And uh, it's kind of like a not a midseason tape, but it's like most college coaches want to see games one, two, and three before giving you an offer. And it seems like every school's watched that tape. I've watched that tape, and I'm like, oh, shit, we got to rank this kid now. <laughs> he is good. Yep. Um, and especially because he's playing top competition. Bishop McNamara is no joke. But – it's going to be interesting to see what he does in terms of visits because he's going to schedule a couple coming up soon. Um, I think he, the only school he's actually visited was Old Dominion and Penn State, but he visited Penn State uh, back in March. So it's, it's going to be intriguing to see what he does. Um, I know Vanderbilt's on that list. I know being a D.C. area kid, uh, Virginia Tech's got some connections there, so they're on that list that he wants to visit. Um, I'm not really sure where Rutgers stands in this group. I'm going to guess right now and say he probably stays in that DMV area and stays local, local-ish, um, because like Vanderbilt's right there too, um, sort of, not really. But uh, yeah, and it's definitely an intriguing kid to watch though, and they're, they're a big fan of his tape, and they, they threw an offer out on him, so we'll wait and see what kind of happens there. Um, and I know people kind of always <clears> ask, like, is he a take? What does this mean for Caden <laughs> Brown? Do you think? that he's a take regardless of what happens with Caden Brown. They, they would yes, take guys. So, yeah, I confirmed it uh, yesterday, last night, this morning, whatever it was. Um, I lose track of time during football season. But, yeah, yep. he uh, he's, he would be a take, and so would Caden Brown. Um, it sounds like Caden Brown's recruitment is relatively quiet still, um, but he's he is pointing on deciding during his senior year, which is currently in full-fledged or full go, I guess. I don't even know the <laughs> word for it, but mm-hmm. – um, yeah, I think we'll probably see something from Caden in October, maybe November. Um, but he's definitely going to make a decision relatively soon. And I still, I'd be shocked if it wasn't Rutgers. I think everything has pointed Rutgers for quite some time now. And, uh, sounds like, uh, 
he'll still be a Scarlet Knight. And I think that's the cap off a pretty damn good D-line class for uh, Marquise Watson, who I wanted to give a shout out to. I, I hope he's uh, doing well and on the mend. Um, he's still not at practice. He's, he's still not at games. But uh, I talked to Shiano about that Wednesday, and um sounds like he's doing a lot better. So just want to give a shout out to him. Yeah, it's great to hear. I, I know that Shiano even said, I don't know if I even should have said as much as I did when he re- referenced the medical issue that he had, but mm-hmm. hope he's doing better. Um, uh, it seems like a great guy. Regarding other uh, visitors that we've seen recently, uh, is there any new updates regarding the guys who were here last weekend for football or any other uh, recruits that we want to touch on before we transition to basketball? Uh, no, we did a whole pot on Ashenfelder, the new quarterback commit. Um, it's a good start to 2025, and it's it's an early start to 2025, which is nice too. Um, other guys to keep an eye on, Kamar Archie showed up again for a surprise visit for his, I don't know, 18th visit at Rutgers now. Um, it's actually like his 7th or 8th, but Rutgers is doing really good there. They have a really good shot there um, to land him. He's a hunt school kid. He's a linebacker, but he's built like a tank. Like I don't know how to compare him. He's like 6'3", 200. I want to compare him to Mo Toure currently. Because he's mm-hmm. he's that big and that like ripped, but he's one to keep a close eye on. I think he's a top two fifty kid for us still. Um, a lot of commits came to campus: Crumpler, Pilaf, Kenny Jones, AJ Sarace, Winowich, um, Dakari Gilly came up, who's uh, a kid that's I think is going to be a really really good prospect. I don't think they talk about him enough. Um, I did a uh, I should have mentioned this before when talking Ashenfelder. One of the main things that stood out to him. When he uh, visited campus back in July and this past weekend, or he uh, he's very detail oriented, and he thought the fact that Rutgers was so detail oriented was was huge, and he loved the idea of going to Rutgers and loved the the fact that everything was just actually like taken care of. Like it, <laughs> most programs, it seems like it's kind of like a mess and it's just kind of changing daily. But uh, he he loved the fact that everything was down to a certain detail, and that's more of a Shiano thing, I guess, more than a Rutgers thing, but. That played a big role in his recruitment. It's a big reason why he's a Scarlet Knight. Um, other names that came to campus, uh, Terrence Campbell, 2025 Rhode Island running back, who I, I keep a close hmm. eye on. He's uh, one of the bigger backs. He's 6'1", 220. No Power 5 offers yet, but got Bowling Green, Rhode Island, UMass, all the basic G5 ones around here. Well, I shouldn't say around here because Bowling Green's out there. But um, And then they offered two 2027 kids. We are talking wow. like, holy shit. <laughs> That's a, it's insane to me, but, uh, they offered one out of Don Bosco and then there's a kid out of St. Joe's and Jonathan Goetti, um, who, who actually had an offer a month ago or two months ago now. But the fact that they have offers already is just, it's mind boggling to me, but they're good prospects. So it's not, it's not too crazy, but yeah, that's, uh, it's pretty much it for the recruiting for this weekend or this past weekend, I should say at least. Yeah, a lot of guys were on campus. The, given that 24 is basically already full, uh, 25 seems to be the new uh, new priority. You saw that with the first commitment of the class, so I would yeah. expect to hear a lot more out of 25 kids. Um, you want to lock up some of those top kids early, especially a guy like Kamar Archie, who's one of the top players in the state, if not the top player in the state for 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know rankings are a little bit more fluid earlier in the the recruiting cycle um, than yeah. they are towards the end, so maybe we'll see a, guy, a few guys move uh, up a lot after a big junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk some <clears throat> some Rutgers uh, basketball recruiting. So recently, uh, Dylan Grant got a shout out from I believe it was 
Rob Cassidy in a national article talking about some of the most underrated recruitment or underrated commitments from the class of 2024. He had a lot of really good things to say. Tell, talk about uh, Dylan Grant a little bit. Why is he getting this this kind of buzz right now? Yeah, so Dylan Grant, I know uh, we talked about off pod. You actually mentioned it. His EYBL season was pretty solid, but his Peach Jam season or whatever you want to call it, week weekend was um, just took another level um, to his game. He was scoring more. He was playing more. He was doing a lot, a lot more, a lot more of the little things. Um, he also had a game in AAU that had like he had twenty something rebounds. I think someone said it was twenty four, twenty five, which is like, I it's insane. Like that's like putting Mawat Mag out there right now. I don't even know if he could get yeah. twenty five rebounds right now. Like it's that's just a crazy number. Um, he's built like he's ready to go and like ready to play immediately. Now he is transitioning schools because his coach at the high school level got let go or moved on or something like that. So he's going from Michigan Collegiate uh, High School to I'm not really, I forget what the name of the other school is, but so it's going to be a little bit different for him this season. But I think he's going to play a little bit stiffer competition based on what I was told out in Michigan. I couldn't even tell you the first thing about Michigan basketball, but uh it's it sounds like they they produce quite a bit of talent in the state, so We'll see what he can do uh, his senior year before signing with Rutgers. Or actually, he'll sign during his senior year, I guess, in November. So, But, yeah, this seems like a really good get for Rutgers. And it seems like a kid that could crack that 150 list that we have. So we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what he does first. Yeah, this is a kid who is originally from Canada. I think he's only been in the States for a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was fairly under the radar, and uh, he joined one of the biggest AU programs in the country in the family, showed out. I think I even heard that he had like a 24 point, 24 rebound game at one point during the EYBL circuit, which I mean, this is top talent versus top talent every single game. And I mean, rebounding is so much a mentality thing where you have to be, it's kind of like blocking where you just have to kind of want it or you just Mm kind of have to know that, you know, you're going to get, you know, bumped, pushed around. You just have to kind of have that dog mentality and clearly has it. And I think Pike and staff kind of look for guys like that, uh, especially ones who are under, uh, rated, and I think that's kind of how they found a guy like Antoine Wolfolk, who you know he has the physicality of playing football, um, and he showed a lot of that those kind of skills um, in high school. But now he, he's basketball full time. He's really kind of breaking out this year, it seems. So yeah, he's going to be a force. It seems like yeah. So I'm really excited to see more about Dylan Grant. Uh, he seems like one of the more under under underrated players that the staff has landed in a while and they've landed quite a few um mm-hmm. it seems like everybody they target turns out to be way better than the recruiting analysts and the rankings uh would indicate um, yeah Those that's idiots. not yeah <laughs> but that's also not to say that they're not in it with a ton of top talent and you're seeing that with the guys who are visiting campus the guys who get, are getting Rutgers offers it seems like especially in the class of 25 and 26 Almost everybody that Rutgers is going after, at least at this point in the game, is top 100 players. So let's talk a little bit about some of the guys who recently visited. Uh, let's start with Jalen Harrell. He's the kid out of Maryland. Uh, he was on campus last week, I believe on last Friday. So yes. what are you hearing about Jalen Harrell? So sounds like he is going to visit some more schools. Um, I know he's hearing a lot from Xavier, Boston <laughs> College, uh, Providence, and Wake Forest. But he also really wants to visit Alabama, which kind of leads me to the next topic with Harrell is NIL. He specifically mentioned he has an NIL agency. 
uh, Glory to Glory Agency, which represents a lot of prospects in the Northeast. Um, Jalen, Jaylene Matthews, who we've talked about previously, the top New Jersey prospect in 2025 is one of their, um, I don't know, can I say client? Is it a client? I don't really yeah, it's know. A client. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he's, NIL is going to be a big factor with this one. We'll see how much of a factor. If it's not that much of a factor, I'm sure they can make something work. If it is, then it's kind of like, yikes. And it sounds like it might be a bigger factor than Rutgers kind of wants to deal with. Um, it's not nothing crazy yet. There's no specifics. We don't really know details of like these deals and how much they're they want and how much they request and this and that and a third. Um Plus, like, there's there's not a lot of funds to go around at Rutgers. Let's be honest. Like, yes, there's a specific company that might front money for number one and two, but are they going to front it for number seventy one? Probably not. Yep. Um. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like he might end up going somewhere else. I know he does want to take an official visit to Rutgers, which could sway things completely. But uh, like I said before, he also wants to visit Boston College, Providence, Wake Forest, Xavier, and Alabama. I know out of that list. Providence used to have a pretty good NIL fund, but that was under the previous regime. So I don't know if it's still there. Alabama obviously pays significant money, surprisingly, for basketball recruits, but um, they're top tier programs. So you kind of have to, or maybe they just steal some money from the football program at that point. <laughs> I mean, you, it's so easy to forget how good Alabama was last year, too. I mean, they just had yeah. the number two pick in the in the draft. In, yeah, that uh, guy with the gun, right? Yeah. Yeah, the guy was gone. I had to go there. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's incredible uh, that, that was, he didn't get more trouble. I know, I know. But I mean, they—I think they won the SEC last year. They were a number one or a number two seed in the tournament. Nate Oates is a really, you know, dynamic recruiter and good mm-hmm. basketball coach. So it's—it's it's not really surprising that they're—they're they're in it with a lot of top guys and they have NIL resources. So you would expect Oates? that. Nate Oates, uh, more prominent at Bama right now than Saban. No, uh, but he, I mean, he is, he is on his struggles, probably up there more than you would have thought 12 months ago, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, so another top guy who recently visited is Brandon stores jr. He is a New York yes. city kid out of uh, Lujai high school, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. he visited this past weekend on an official visit. He was there for the Virginia tech game. Uh, he is ranked, I believe 46th in the country. Hearing mm-hmm. good things about him. What, what do you got to tell us about Brandon Stores Jr.? Yeah, so it sounds like Rutgers is in really prime position to land him, and that shouldn't be too surprising because we've mentioned it before on our boards. We've mentioned it. I think we mentioned it on the pod too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brandon Stores Jr., four-star recruit, his dad, Brandon Stores Sr., played for uh, Steve Hayne. Played for Steve Hayne at Dowling, Dow- Dowling College in, uh, I think it's in New York. I don't really know. But um, so there's a connection there. He visited campus for an unofficial, I want to say two months ago, three months ago, whatever it was in the summer. I know that. Um, and he came back to campus for an official this past weekend. They did all the good stuff. They went to the football game, hung out. You saw him on the sidelines, um, making jokes with each other, hanging out with Cliff, hanging out with TJ, hanging out with B Knight, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Derek Simpson. Um, yeah. And they went to Bolero. They do all, all that good stuff on the official visits, but Sounds like he had a really good time. Sounds like Rutgers is in a great spot right now. And there, there was some talk that he might commit before taking his other official visit, which would be this weekend to Georgia Tech. But it does sound like now he's going to take that visit and might have a decision shortly after that. And this could be a nice uh, nice little kickstart to 2025. That would be huge. Uh, obviously, the ties to the staff, but he's also a local kid. He's a top mm-hmm. 50 recruit. 
So uh, it's so easy to get jaded by the the prospect of getting a top 50 recruit if you're a Rutgers fan right now. But prior to 2024, prior to 2023, that was before Gavin came here. Mm-hmm. You know, the 46th ranked kid would be the highest ranked recruit Rutgers ever landed in the Rockets yeah. era. Because I think Cliff was in the mid 50s. Uh, so I, mm-hmm. I want to really put into perspective how good of a recruit both Jalen Harrell and Brandon Stores are. These are like top, top guys. These are guys who would come in and be starters early in their career, probably sophomore year at the latest, big time contributors. So I don't want it to get lost in the shuffle about how good of recruits uh, these two both are and how good of recruits seemingly that the staff is getting on campus with regularity. Um, We recently learned of some other top recruits locking in official visits um, in the next coming weeks and months yes. let's start with let's go through a list of all the kids visiting in the next few weeks okay okay so let's start with the october 6th weekend we have a top recruit coming in on the october 6th for an official visit in nigel james or nigel james james right yeah um this is a kid we talked about who they offered in the summer tell us a little bit about nigel james and his upcoming visit so he is a Massachusetts kid, um, now transferred to Long Island Lutheran, where he is the, the lead point guard there. It's a kid that they've been after for a while. I think this is TJ Thompson's uh, bread and butter here because he just he hits that Massachusetts area probably better than most. Um, but he did have a, and he has an official visit to Providence the week before. So he he's going to he went to Syracuse last weekend. He's going to Providence next, not this uh, not this Saturday, next Saturday. Then Rutgers the weekend after that. And then he also has a Wake Forest visit on the 20th of uh, October. I think Rutgers is in a really good spot here. But the th- I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like Rutgers might be able to land someone like a little better. Like Nigel James is good, don't get me wrong. Um, and it leads more towards Pykele wanting to keep this fast-paced offense going past next year, past this year, past next year, past the year after that. Um, because he's going to go with these smaller, quicker guards. Um, traditionally, we've seen Pike with the taller guards, with like Mulcahy, Geo, even Caleb ran some point at times. Um, but yeah, now it looks like they're going to completely flip-flop and go with the smaller, shorter, faster guards because that's kind of where the game's going. So it's nice to see a Big Ten school kind of adapt for a change. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know where he's really going to land. He is He is really tight with TJ. I think Syracuse isn't really a threat. I think more so it'd be Wake Forest or Providence because Providence does have some juice, un- juice under new coach Kim English. Um, and like I said, he's a Massachusetts guy. And a lot of those guys up there that play for those AAU programs like Mass Rivals and stuff like that, they have a really deep connection to Providence. Now that was under previous head coach, um, whose name's slipping my mind right now at Georgetown now. What the hell is his name? Oh, Ed Pinkney? No, Ed... Uh... Ed- why is it slipping? I can't think right now. It's it's rough. Um, it's damn. I can't really. really it's mind blowing. Right Ed Cooley, who uh, super fan of Rutgers. Ed Cooley, who would never tamper with anybody in his entire life. Um, but yeah. So, uh, he the kid's really good though. He's a really good scorer. Thirty three points and nine assists in one of his uh, summer events this year. Quick. He's twitchy. Um. Plays actually plays for Expressions Elite. I said Mass Rivals, and I confuse all of them. And that's the program that Rutgers has been kind of connected to ever since Gavin Griffiths came to uh, the Scarlet Knights. So we'll keep an eye on this one, but I, I do think Providence is a serious threat. Um, 
there's some others out there too that are like reaching out like Seton Hall is trying to push. Uh, I know Boston college was trying to push, but I'd say it's probably Rutgers Providence or Wake Forest for this one. And then um, kind of go and see where that one happens or see where that one goes. I am talking backwards today. Jeez. <laughs> um, all right, let's go on to the following weekend, which is Rutgers homecoming game. Um, I'm hearing there's a lot of interesting festivities that are getting planned for homecoming that haven't been announced Ooh. yet, but should be a lot of, it should get a lot of attention for that weekend. Homecoming weekend for Rutgers basketball might have the best assembly of talent that Rutgers has ever had on a single visit weekend. So we have the class of 2024 commits all coming outside of Dylan Grant because he's already taken his official visit. So that's number three recruit in the country, Ace Bailey, top 100 kid in Lathan Somerville, top 150 kid in Bryce Dorch, Trey McKinney who is a top 15 kid in the class of 2025, who's a Michigan native, also part of the family AAU, and possibly Dylan Harper. I'm hearing that visit is more likely to happen than not, but it's not finalized yet. So just those five guys alone, there's three five stars, another <clears throat> top 100 kid, and who knows if there's going to be additional kids who haven't uh, been announced yet. But man, that is an insane amount of talent coming to Rutgers for one week and all unofficial visits. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if Dylan's actually ever going to confirm it. I think he might just show up again, kind of like the uh, what was it, the home opener? Yeah. Um. So I or was it home opener? Or was it Temple? I don't even remember. Jeez. Uh, uh, that was the that was That was the Northwestern Temple was there for. Yeah, it's just Temple was a night game. Yeah. Yep. Jeez. Um. Like I said, struggling today. Um. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's definitely going to be a hell of a weekend for Rutgers basketball. Um, you already hinted at the fact that there's going to be a ton of stuff going on. Um, Trey McKinney, who I don't think we're talking about enough, there's a legitimate shot there for Rutgers. Um, mind you, he does still have some other visits. He just canceled a Missouri visit and then scheduled a TCU one. So I would assume, just a guess, the fact that TCU was a late addition, Missouri was a late drop. I don't know if either of them are really going to be factors, nor do I even know jack shit about tcu basketball like <laughs> i'm even gonna pretend i do that's just a weird one but um i think that's a weekend visit so maybe tcu's playing someone good that weekend and he's like you know what let's let's finagle this one into like an official visit real quick let's get a free ticket to the game like um who are they playing texas kid's a genius um <laughs> but uh yeah, he also has Ole Miss coming up, not this weekend, next weekend. Then it will be Rutgers on the 13th, TCU on the 10th of November, and then Georgetown on December. I, I think I've said before, I don't know if he makes it to that Georgetown visit. I think out of that list, I'm like eerily confident in Rutgers, especially because Marlon Williamson and the family connection there. Um, it's already paying dividends because they got Dylan Grant, who's going to be pretty damn good in my opinion. Um, so I, I think Rutgers has a legitimate shot here, and it wouldn't – I don't think they'll pull it off that weekend, but you, you never know. You can't really ever count them out now. But uh, to have the number 11 recruit on the on campus, along with number three, you said, along with the other commits, and I think Dorch is a top 150 kid, top 130 kid. Somerville, I think he's 70-something for us, but I think he's actually going to go higher in the next rankings update. Interesting. So it's, it's going to be a star-studded affair for Rutgers basketball that day on homecoming. Yeah, and it's it's a weekend that if things break right for for Rutgers, that could be Rutgers uh, football becoming bowl eligible that that day against Ooh. Michigan State. Not saying it will happen, 
but it is a uh, realistic, given that Wisconsin doesn't look that great, Michigan True. State's falling apart, you know, we're probably going to be at least, we're, not, not the same probably, we're going to have four wins coming out of September, so to get two True. wins early in November, or early in October, is is within the realm of possibility. Um, moving it's on to crazy. other other people who will be visiting in the near future, and I do want to have one quick uh, correction. I said Brandon Stores was uh, on Long Island Lutheran. He's actually uh, St. Raymond's. Long Island Lutheran oh, yes. is not your James. I, I made a mistake. I also that, said he was the 46th ranked kid, and he's 45th. Dorian Jones, who we're going to talk about next, is ranked 46th. Uh, speaking of Stores, the man got connections throughout the Bronx. Really deep ties. His, I forgot to mention before, his dad obviously played in New York, hence the New York connection of pain. Uh, he's playing in New York. Uh, his uncle played in New York. His uncle's also the lead assistant coach at NJIT. No, he's mm. not really going to go to NJIT. But his uncle was also the interim coach at Manhattan. Who, maybe if they give him the job, Manhattan might have, you know, never know. So maybe if, if, God forbid, knock on wood, you don't want an assistant to leave. But I, I keep an eye on Sean Storrs. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 we're just getting, like, you know, lost in the amount of talent that Rutgers is, yeah. is getting on campus and, and – getting in with uh, recently. So the next guy is a guy that we haven't really heard anything about um, so far. And this is Dorian Jones, the class of 2025 guard out of Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is going to be on campus for the first home game, home <clears throat> basketball game of the season, which is November 10th. Um, so tell us about him. Cause this is a name that we haven't heard anything about so far. And he's, you know, a top 50 kid in the t- class of 20, 2025. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation that he would stay home, and he's a Cleveland Heights, Ohio kid, um, and Ohio State being that stay-home school. Um, They haven't offered him yet. There's not really a ton to say about him, but he has went from unranked to number 46 in the country, so that's that's always pretty cool to look at. Um, That's like a Joel Bethia type of of jump in the rankings, and Mm -hmm. I I assume he'll probably go even higher, but... um, yeah, no, Jones is just a kid to keep a close eye on. I, I actually don't know where he plays uh, AAU ball at. would assume somewhere in Ohio. But Rutgers has relative, done relatively well with these Midwest kids, not just obviously Dylan Grant in Michigan. Nathan Somerville's from Illinois. I think he just moved back to Illinois too, even though he played at the Skills Academy in Georgia. Um, missing someone. Who am I missing? Oh, Caleb McConnell. Um, technically Midwest guy with Spire Academy in Ohio, but not really. Um, Florida kid technically at the end of the day, but yeah, no, they've, they've done really well. Um, and I think this is a kid to keep a close eye on. It wouldn't shock me if he got an offer soon because you don't really host a kid on an official visit unless he does have an offer. So I I would assume he probably gets one really soon because they did just go watch him. They watched Trey McKinney. Um, who's the other guy? They watched someone else on on, uh, Thursday. Darius Acuff, who's the next guy we'll talk about. Five star, so yeah, can't forget him. Yeah, but uh, uh, just another casual top fifteen player in the class twenty five. Yeah, Never visiting campus again. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's all we really got on Darian, uh, Dorian Jones. I'm still trying to learn more about him, but he'll be on campus for the team's first home game um, versus Boston University on November tenth. But like I said, keep an eye out because he'll probably get an offer. Yeah. Uh, but we, we mentioned Darius Acuff. He's a kid who also locked in an official visit recently. <clears throat> this is a kid who's also taken a meteoric rise. You know, he was unranked in the rivals rankings as of, you know, March of this year. 
And then when those ratings uh, got updated in, I believe, early, or maybe not early September, because I think he was rated before that. But anyway, he was unrated at some point this year, and now he's the 13th ranked kid in the class. He's a 6'2", 170-pound guard out of uh, Michigan. He's now down at IMG. He's a part of the family AAU. Uh, just another kid who Coach Smoke has a connection with. And, man, Coach Smoke is killing it for, for the staff. I know he was a guy that, you know, we kind of didn't know much about when he came to, to work at Rutgers. But he's paid off in droves so far with the amount of kids he's gotten on campus and the, the, the Dylan Grant commitment, Jeremiah Williams commitment, because he had the connections there. But tell us about Darius Acuff. Uh, stud. Um, I mean, number 13 in the country for a reason. Uh, he is a Michigan kid. He did um, participate in a bunch of camps this offseason, NBA Top 100 camp that everyone loves to talk about because it's the top of the top talent. It's almost similar to Peach Jam, but it's not. But it is because it's not an AAU event. Um, but he's got every offer under the sun pretty much. Um <laughs> His only other official visit scheduled right now is to Kentucky. So kind of tells you where they're, they're leaning there or where, how good he is, I guess, too. Um, he's supposed to visit Kentucky on the 14th of October, which is the same – that's homecoming weekend for Rutgers. But he's coming to campus in February. So that tells you his recruitment's going to drag out a little bit. Um, but his only other, uh, other visit that I can find, at least, was uh, Iowa State. But – you got to keep an eye on him. Like he's, he's, if you watch his tape, he's just explosive as hell. He's a family AAU kid. Like you mentioned, um, he's, he wants to visit Michigan too. I don't know if he ended up visiting Michigan or not. Um, he was supposed to visit him this past month, but I don't see it on his profile. So either we, we missed it or he didn't make the visit, but he, uh, transferred down to a powerhouse now too. So he's not in Michigan anymore. He's at IMG Academy, which is like the best of the best, as you probably already know. If you, Cover if you like high school football recruiting, they're just as good in basketball. Um, and they play a national stage and a national schedule. So as long as he can show out on that level, it's probably going to increase his ranking even more. If he's number 13, I wouldn't be shocked if he finished top 10. And he is he's boys with Trey McKinney, he's boys with Dylan Grant. They all play together. Connections, 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 and back to the smoke conversation. And I know he didn't do much for Pittsburgh during his time there and his Michigan connections at Pittsburgh for smoke, but Holy hell, this man's dominating for Rutgers. Yeah, you couldn't really ask for much more than the start he's had. Because um, these top kids are going to continue to visit, and we've seen the staff has a really high hit rate when it comes to recruiting top guys, especially ones they target early. Um, they're probably going to land them at this point. Um, Insane. And so... We've, we've gone through a lot of guys and we can't really have a basketball recruiting uh, podcast without bringing up uh, Dylan Harper. So what's the latest with Dylan Harper? I know that he's, we talked about it previously that he might visit for homecoming. What are you hearing on is the latest on Dylan? So uh, real quick, before we go to Dylan, I have to correct myself. He did take a visit to Michigan for an official visit the first weekend in September. So that should have been on his profile. I'm just going to say that, Hey, Michigan guys figure it out. Um, but in reality, uh, I just added it to him. So he's on there now, but, uh, Dylan Harper, five-star number two in the class should be number one debatable, but whatever. Um, maybe you can even argue number three cause ACE is pretty good, but yeah, regardless, uh, it sounds like Dylan and his recruiting circle, we'll call it the recruiting circle. Uh, Mama Harper, 
Papa Harper. I don't know if Ron Harper Jr. really wants to be involved with it. It sounds like he's kind of staying like, hey, Dylan, make your own decision. It's up to you. Um, but it sounds like it's really on if he's going to visit Kansas or not. That's that's a big debate among them. I know Mama Harper wants him to stay home, wants him to go to Rutgers. Uh, Dad sounds like he's leaning more towards Rutgers since since it seems like Duke's out of the conversation completely now. Uh, with I don't Knop Knox yeah, what was so his name? They got a they got a, a commitment from uh, Con Nupel yesterday. He's a Con Nupel. He's a guard, he's a five star guard out of Wisconsin who they offered. After it kind of seemed like Dylan wasn't going to go to Duke anymore. Um, so they made a series of offers. VJ Edgecombe was one. Uh, mm-hmm. Another was Con Nupel. And it sounded like those were guys taking Dylan's spot. And they just got a commitment. So it sounds so, like Duke's off the board. Yeah, we, I think we kind of hinted at that. Duke's off the board. Indiana's been off the board. I know Indiana fans are on Twitter still like, hey, well, he's still going to what he got? He's going to Indiana. And it's like. Dude, he fucking trolled the shit out of you on Twitter. What are you talking yeah. about? He literally <laughs> trolled you in your own like visit pictures, like yeah, that's in the candy bad. stripes. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's a bad look, and we don't yep. talk about that enough. I feel like that didn't get talked about enough. It was like half a day, and that's it. Like I might repost it on Twitter just to see, just to see the <laughs> see the trolls mention it. Like that's insane to me. Um, but yeah, uh, so they're out. Auburn. Yeah, they might get a visit, but no one gives like no one. Bruce Pearl, take the L here, buddy. That's back to back L's to Rutgers, Bruce Pearl. Not only did Ace choose Rutgers over Auburn, but now you're saying Dylan might choose Rutgers over Auburn. Like bad look for Bruce Pearl. Um then it's it's really down to two. It's down to Rutgers or Kansas. I know Dylan wants to visit Kansas, but there's there's people in his circle that are saying no, don't do it. And then there's others that are saying like Hey, do it. They they offer money, and I wonder who that guy is. That's probably an NIL agent, I'd guess. But uh, yeah, so it's it's tough. It's a tough debate. I know, ideally, in an ideal world, I don't think anyone on that's rooting for Rutgers that is at Rutgers wants him to visit Kansas because like it's Kansas. Like you want him to visit Kansas? Look what happened with Fiore. Fiore got flip flopped mm-hmm. like three different times over a bag. Um, and Bill Self is a is a, is a G. I gotta give him credit, man. The guy knows how to fucking recruit at the dirtiest of the dirty levels yeah you've seen truly just talk about uh chili donovan for those who don't know what i'm talking about uh reference you know bruce sorry sorry not bruce pearl jeez uh bill self yeah, just being up guy. to some gangster shit again um he's he swooped in and taking guys from uh programs that seemed like they were in the lead for a while like i know flory that was another prospect that indiana fans were like super gung-ho that they were going to land because he's an Indiana kid. And then Duke thought they were mm-hmm. going to land him. Auburn thought they were going to land him. And then Bill Self yep. said, hold my beer. Kind of got him at the last second. Um, Look at the Hunter one, Dickinson situation. Hunter Dickinson, yeah. I think the Dylan situation is significantly different than oh, Flory yeah. or Dickinson. Um, mm-hmm. But it is still, you, you always, I think there's not a scarier guy on the recruiting trail right now than Bill Self in terms of, uh, you know, if you're recruiting against him, it's you're recruiting you know, an uphill battle. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think I still expect Dylan to land at Rutgers. There's just probably more to this timeline than we would have hoped and expected a couple months ago. Uh, yeah. I just hope it doesn't drag out. And there's, there's been talk about it. I hope it doesn't drag out the spring because mm-hmm. I'm, because the second signing period, whatever the hell it is, it's just get it. Let's, let's wrap this one up a little bit. That's come on. To make a decision soon, make some visits soon, so then you can make that November signee period. But I don't know; it's going to be close. It's going to be interesting. 
Yeah, and I, I want to kind of clarify that for people who might know a decent amount of, <clears throat> about college recruiting, but not everything. So in bas- basketball and base- or basketball and football, there are two signing periods. So there's an early signing period and there's a late signing period. Or there's a re- They call it the early and the regular, but it's for all intents and purposes, it's early and late. Mm-hmm. Um, so in basketball, the early period begins on November 8th and ends on November 15th. So during that period, at any time, a prospect can sign a letter of intent, which binds them to a specific school in terms of it guarantees them a full scholarship. Now, you can break that LOI later, but basically it locks you in. You can only sign that between November 8th and November 15th. If you don't sign between that period, you can't sign again until what they consider the regular period or the late signing period. That period is April 17th through April 15th. Now, why is this important? If Dylan doesn't sign, or if any prospect doesn't sign in that first week or second week in November, you can't sign again until April. So what that means is there's about six months where you're going through the recruiting process. Even if you decide on a school, you're not locked into that school until you sign the LOI. Um, So that would basically mean that, you know, we wouldn't have clarity on the situation until April at the earliest. So just kind of wanted to go through that for people who might not be you know, a hundred percent versed in, in how this whole process works. Yeah. I'm going to hate my life, but you know, damn well, what's going to happen. We're all going to sit there like the, the three days of the signing period and be like, all right, it's today, today, it's today, today. Mm-hmm. No, no, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, yep. maybe the next day. Like, yep. It's going to be absolutely miserable. Just hearing all the rumors. Cause you know, everyone under the sun is going to start a rumor about Dylan signing today. Dylan signing tomorrow, Dylan signing the next day. And it's going to be like, yo, that's just, call a spade a spade and say it's not going to happen. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of gone through a lot of recruiting stuff today. I don't think I have anything else. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on, Richie, before we sign off? Ooh, I got two things. I got number one, um, got my picks for the weekend. I got some oh, good ones. yeah. I know, I know you, uh, you did pretty good last weekend. I don't remember, actually. Um, last weekend, I got two of three. So I had the... I had the Cowboys minus nine and a half against the Jets. I had Rutgers minus seven or minus seven and a half versus Virginia Tech. And unfortunately, I had the Chargers minus two and a half versus the Titans, which felt like it should have hit. It didn't end up because the Chargers found a way to charge that game. Yeah. Um, so I went two or three this past week, unfortunately. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's not it's bad, though. That's, not that's bad. winning. That's winning. It's winning money right there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I got a couple ones this week for college football. And I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I've been pretty good at college football so far this year. Um, I like Florida State versus Clemson. Two and a half points is wild to me. I know Florida State technically only beat uh, Boston College by two. But that was after 13 points given up in the fourth, playing a little bit of prevent defense, just trying to get out of there and get the win, which still not a good look because Boston College stinks this year. But you did beat them. You beat an LSU team in early in season. And then you beat Southern Miss with ease. You beat both of them with ease, actually. Clemson is not the same Clemson as even a year ago. They, they've lost to Duke. They struggled versus Charleston Southern. They were only up by four against Charleston Southern in halftime, I think it was, or seven. Um, and they, they looked better last week. Don't get me wrong, but they haven't really played anyone good. So now they're going to face some good competition. I think Florida state's a playoff contender. Why it's only two and a half points. I don't know. I, I guess death Valley or whatever they call it. Isn't 
like I guess it's a good atmosphere. It's a it's great atmosphere, like... and it's actually down to minus one and a half on FanDuel right now. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, I I placed um a wager at the wrong time. Um, anyway, uh, even even better, one and a half. So go, I would hammer it to be honest with you. Um, the other one I like Maryland seven and a half versus Michigan State. I think Maryland is a very good offensive team, and I think they're almost flip flopping places in the Big Ten pecking order. I think Maryland's getting a lot better. Uh, mind you, that might just be because of Talia. So I don't know if they'll be able to keep that up next year. But I think this year, for certain, they are probably the fourth best Big Ten East team. Um, obviously behind Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. But I think Michigan State's in, I don't even know. I wouldn't even say turmoil. They're in a weird spot right now. They don't have a head coach. The head coach is fired. Then he's not. Then he's suspended. Then he's not. And then they're firing him again. No one really knows what the hell's going on. Everyone on our boards is just like, hey, where's Gino Vandemark? Is he coming this season? Is he coming next season? Like, um, So maybe we don't really know yet, but um, maybe if you had Augie Hoffman still, he might be here. But uh, <laughs> maybe he'll go to Columbia. Um, but no, um, it's such a weird thing going on there. I think seven and a half points is kind of nutty to me because I think they're going to get blown out. Uh, they just got blown out last week by Washington. Mind you, they might have the best quarterback in the country, Michael Penix. Um, and but Talia is a pretty damn good quarterback in his own right, and they have a potent offensive attack in Maryland. So, like that one. The other two I like. I, I didn't want to put this one there, but I did. Minnesota screwed me last week, but I think the Fighting PJ Flex will not screw me this week. Um, minus eleven and a half versus Northwestern. Let's be honest. Like we we could say Minnesota and Rutgers are pretty comparable right yeah in terms of the big 10 pecking order northwestern they're i don't even know what they are they are just an awful college football team again no head coach minus 11 and a half what did Rutgers beat them by like almost 20 i think it was 17 yeah so i i think that they have a chance to put up some serious points against this northwestern team they also might play like Rutgers ball and might play Kirk Shiraka ball and just, Hey, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, score, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, uh, score. Oh, yep. game over. Oh, wow. That's crazy. First down rule is awesome. It's so much fun. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like Minnesota 11 and a half. And the last one, Rutgers fans might not like it, but I think Penn state minus 14 and a half versus Iowa is like a damn near lock. I think Iowa stinks. I think they have a good defense, but their offense is stagnant as hell. Brian Ferenc, this is uh this isn't gonna help you. Um this this weekend at least. It's gonna be an ugly game. Weather's calling for like a downpour in the whiteout for Penn State. So I think Penn State's just gonna do similar to what I said Miss Minnesota's gonna do. They're just gonna run it down their throats with uh, a duo of Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, who haven't really broke out yet this year, and I think this could be the game for it. So uh it's a crazy atmosphere there. Um the whiteout is arguably top atmosphere in the country every year, maybe top two if you want to compare it to, I don't even know, someone out in Michigan, big house maybe. But, yeah, I think uh, they cover there. And then uh, the Rutgers, I think Rutgers covers. I, I think that that 31 and a half that some people are lucky to get it at because a generous um, podcaster was able to tweet it out immediately and might be the reason for the drop in the spread. <laughs> Maybe I'm not going to take all the credit there, but uh, yeah. unfortunately, a lot, of, a lot of Rutgers fans did not, you know, because they don't live in, in, you know, they live in New Jersey, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't bet on Rutgers, so you had to either drive out of state or have, <clears> you know, somebody do it for you or you just missed out. Uh, that Yeah, that line, unfortunately, dropped 
significantly. It has settled in at 24 and a half, which is kind of where I thought it would end up. I thought it would end up between 21 and a half and 24 and a half. It got down to 23 and a half at one point, but bounced back. I still mm-hmm. think that's a, a really good bet. I only have two bets this week. Rutgers, uh, not Rutgers money line, Rutgers spread 24 and a half. I got it at 31 and a half. Um, so obviously not as strong as uh, the lines that were available. I also like Washington State money line. So Washington State is a three-point dog at home versus Oregon State. Washington State has one of the best quarterbacks that nobody's really talking about in Cameron Ward. He's a guy who started out at Incarnate Word in Texas. He transferred to Washington State. This year, he is just lighting it up. He's, you know, he's a 72% passer on the season, 986 yards in three games, nine touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, 95 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground. I think this is a game that Washington State not cruises to, but wins comfortably against Oregon State, who this is their first road game, I believe. Uh, Oregon State is ranked. Now, this is their second road game. They played uh, San Jose State uh, their first game of the year on the road. But this is their first big-time matchup. Washington State, while you know, they're not normally a power, they're, Pullman's a tough place to play when it's rocking. And so I think this is a game that Washington State wins. Um, take the money line. I think it's plus 128 right now. I think they went out right. You, you know why he, that kid was so good at quarterback and incarnate word? Because a former Giants and Eagles quarterback. C.J. Kinney, and right? Their head coach. Yeah, G.J. Yeah. Kinney. Yeah, now he's Texas State head coach. I don't know how he's doing, but apparently he's like on the rise as like a big name coach. And Texas are State at him. beat Baylor week one. So they're, oh, they're well, doing pretty well. There you, there you go. <laughs> um, so my thing keeps lagging out for some reason, but... uh. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a lot of good stuff. Um, is there anything else that we have? Ooh, student promo. I promote yep. this every time. We've had, uh, I think, 10-plus people now sign up. So if you haven't signed up and you're a Rutgers student, um, you can get the Night Report Premium for fourteen ninety five. I used to say 15 I was wrong. I will save you five more cents um, <laughs> for the entire year. That is a $120 value. I think that's the correct term, correct numbers. Um, failed math in college at one point, so... Bear with me. Um, hundred and twenty dollar value for fourteen ninety five. All you have to do Damn. is email me via your dot edu ID. My email is R U R I C H I E R U Richie at Gmail. Um, and I just tell me you are interested in the promo and I'll send you back a promo code. I apologize to the four people I sent the incorrect promo code to, but we figured it out, so we're all good now. Um yeah, so just email me and I'll get you set up with an account and um it's it's no better time, really, because if Rutgers pulls off this upset, you're going to be on it on that. You're going to be on that oh, board. Yeah. That board is going to go bonkers. Yep. And uh, we have a post game show too. Don't forget about on Sunday or Sunday, Saturday. Yeah. After after the Shiano presser, we will have the post game show live. Uh, it'll be me and Greg DePalma this week. Richie has a wedding to go to. Um, if they pull off the upset, I will. I'll I join will, backed up. I will join like, back guys, guys, guys. I'll find a understand. way. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be it'll be a good time regardless because I think I think it'll be a, a better game than I think national people are, are expecting, and mm-hmm. it's it's funny because nobody thinks that Michigan's going to cover, or at least most people don't. Like if you look at even you know the, the people who cover Michigan on Rivals, I think one person had them covering out of the four or five uh, really writers on the Michigan website, yet. on the Michigan Rival site, Maze and Blue Review. Oh yeah, so. Um, 
I do think it'll be a good game. I, I don't think it'll be a blowout unless Rutgers shoots themselves in the foot. Um, and shooting themselves, I mean turnovers, basically. Um, so I, I'm excited for this game. I, I do think Rutgers has an outside shot of winning. I do have some money on them on the money line because I think I, I bet them at plus 1,200. And anytime you're making money line bets, uh, you have to kind of look at the implied odds. So I think Rutgers has about a 10 to 15% chance of winning this game. And plus 1,200 is an implied odds of about 7%. So See the culprit in the background pulling your pillow apart? Oh boy! Um, Before I know you, you probably gotta run over there. But before we sign off, I also want to say I don't understand how our Twitter account only has twelve point six thousand followers, but that's fine. If you don't follow us, follow us on Twitter. Links are below. Also, follow us on Facebook and like us on Facebook. Um, Somehow that only has like twelve hundred people. I know we ask you guys to do a lot. Nobody uses Facebook. (laughs) That's true too. But like when I see other like accounts, I'm like, damn, they got like ten thousand. They got. 4,000. I'm like, I guess the older generation just like still is on there. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're on TikTok too. Rutgers.rivals. We got some good TikToks going lately. We got one that got like uh, 40,000 with Dylan and uh, Ace in it. We got one that went with 10,000. I think the Sopranos one's starting to take off a little bit now too. Um, so yeah, follow us on all those those good platforms and give us a shout out. And oh, see, now I'm on TikTok already. Um, but yeah, follow us on Instagram too. We have everything under the sun on all those accounts uh we've had over six hundred thousand views on our instagram in the past week somehow it's not translating into followers yeah. so it's not making sense to me or two past two weeks sorry but yes uh follow us on all those platforms all the links are below check them out give us a and if you're on a podcasting app or stream or whatever the hell they call them nowadays um give us a review and if you're not going to give us five stars don't give us a review um <laughs> keep, keep it yourself uh like that one guy, actually, I forget his name, but that, that one guy didn't give us a five star. I forget his yeah. name, but I, I will, I'll find you. <laughs> yeah, can't please everybody. Oh well. Um, yeah. Last last thing, uh, Phil Sellers passed away yesterday. Oh, best yeah. basketball player in Rutgers history, um, leading scorer in Rutgers history, leading rebounder in Rutgers history, the best player on the nineteen seventy six Final Four team. <clears throat> Earlier in the summer, his family posted a GoFundMe because he was mm-hmm. struggling and having health problems. And unfortunately, he passed. Um, so I just wanted to send him uh, our condolences for everybody at the site. Um, mm-hmm. Just a great guy from everything I've read and heard. Um, and great basketball player, obviously, but a huge loss for Rutgers Athletics yesterday. Yeah, if you haven't listened to it, he was on the... Um... The Scarlet Spotlight podcast not too long ago. It's yep. it's a pretty good episode. Definitely go recommend checking it out. Uh, I think John Newman tweeted it out, or Danny, one of the two, tweeted it out. Uh, they're the former co-host hosts of the of the pod, so check that out. And um, I was told Rutgers is going to try to do something for him. Um, it might be Jersey retirement ish. It might be something different. Um, there's some weird weird rules with Rutgers in terms of how to get your jersey retired. They're actually like super strict about it. You have to be like a multi time. First has to be first team All American, this, that, and a third. And like, technically, I guess he didn't qualify. But I, I think, no, it's Phil. Phil has his number retired, right? I don't know. There's only three numbers retired. I forget whose numbers are retired and whose aren't. But they're they're working on doing something for him. I know that. Retired. Yeah, his number sure. is retired. Number twelve. Okay, he's retired. But they're working on doing something to uh, honor him and. 
I'm sure there's going to be either a banner at the rack or something like that, maybe at the practice facility, who knows, but they, they are working on doing something in order to honor Phil Sellers a little bit more. And um, I know the younger generation probably doesn't know much about him, but I, I want to tell you guys to just go back, watch some of the clips on YouTube or wherever they're at. I know the scarletknights.com website did a nice, uh, nice story with all kinds of clips and highlights and talks about his stats. And he just seems like he was like the greatest guy of all time. And not only the greatest guy, but probably the greatest Rutgers basketball player of all time. Yeah, I agree. Um, so condolences there. And he actually passed them on Wednesday, not, not yesterday. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. So thanks again for listening, everybody. This has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. So, um, Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.